Well, hey church, thanks so much for choosing to worship with us today. I'm so glad that you on purpose came and you chose to be here uh, at this service. And thank you for allowing us to take uh, this month as a family to rest and, and um, grow. And it's, it's such a blessing. And, and thank you for your grace and your patience with us. And I, I recognize the schedule's a little bit different. And I recognize that, uh, you know, we get into a rhythm and all of a sudden it's different. And so the services look a bit, a little bit different and it's, it's me on a video, not in person or it's different people, but, um, thank you so much for being gracious to us through that being gracious to the leaders who are stepping up while we're gone. Um, it, it means the world that you are spiritually mature enough to be gracious during this time and to be gracious to them and to, and to us. I appreciate that so much. Today we're going to talk about fasting, and I know this is something that um, may be a bit foreign to some of us. It may be a bit new to some of us, and there, there may be a few of us in the room today who are like, oh, I'm used to this, or I've got my idea of what it is, or um, maybe it's, it's a, something that we're even kind of against. Uh, in fact, most of America is actually against fasting. Uh, only 10% of Americans fast um, consistently at all. And so, but I think it's very important. And here's why our bodies have been at war with us since Adam and Eve, since Adam and Eve ate the fruit. And I, I don't think it's any accident that they ate the fruit that their, their, their body told them to eat. Um, they, our bodies have been at war with us. And, and this is, um, something that's picked up speed. I mean, you think about We've got convenience, we've got hurry, we've got chemicals, we've got greed, uh, we've got food that isn't even food. It's, it's a chemical telling us we're more hungry. Uh, we've got the cultural mindsets of food. And all of this has led us to this point where here in America, we almost cannot say no to ourselves at any time about anything. Uh, and this train is, has picked up speed with TV, social media. It's just gone faster and faster and faster. If you think about it this way, when my dad was a kid, the advertising would say to him, um, he would tell me, you know, old TV episodes or old radio things he listened to. And the advertisers would say this, they would say, treat yourself to this. Then when I was a kid, the, the advertising shifted and changed to, if it feels good, do it. And now we have an entire generation where our bodies are our masters, telling us what to believe, what to do, who to be attracted to, dress like, feel, and eat. So you have this, this garden where God is over everything and everything is perfect and wonderful and mankind gives in and eats something that they shouldn't and now you have this runaway freight train of our human bodies where this this runaway freight train is picked up speed it's picked up speed it's picked up speed and it used to be that like well certain things were a treat but we were still kind of a little bit control, uh, in control of our body. And then it became anything that I think feels good, I'm going to do. Now we have an entire generation of advertising, an entire generation of media, an entire generation of politics, and a, an entire culture that says, my body tells me when to eat, 
what to eat, how to eat. My body tells me what to believe because I'm, I'm, I'm eating and drinking these things that's changing chemically things in, inside of my body. My body tells me what to believe. If I, if I want to believe this, then that's what I believe. And it doesn't matter what the Bible says, and it doesn't matter what common sense says, and it doesn't matter what, what Scripture and the church say. It only matters what I believe. Our bodies now tell us what to be attracted to. Oh, well, I'm this. I'm this. And we change our, our, our God-created beings into what culture, what our body is telling us because we've now had generation after generation after generation of our bodies attempting to control us. And so now we have our bodies telling us what to do, believe, be attracted to, dress like, feel, and eat. And this is not entirely unique to America, um, although I think we've taken this to, to you know, new heights. The Roman Empire, which ruled the world when Christianity was extreme, when Christianity was founded, was extremely body focused, um, and yet the church was able to stand out and live, and and live a life that God intended them to live in, even in the midst of a generation and a culture and a worldview that was extremely focused on body. They were able to live the way God intended them to live, and one of the ways that they did this was through this spiritual discipline called fasting. And this spiritual discipline actually goes all the way back to Moses. Uh, Exodus 34, 28 says, He was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights. He neither ate bread nor drank water, and he wrote on the tablets the, word of the, the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. Also in the Bible, you have others who fasted. You have David, you have Elijah, you have Ezra, you have Esther, you have Daniel, you have Paul, you have the church leaders, and you have the man who Christianity is named after, Jesus Christ himself. He fasted. Uh, we have this one recorded account of him fasting, although most people believe that he, he quite regularly fasted. I'm going to read you this account, Matthew chapter 4. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry, understandably so. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again, it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and all of their glory, and he said to him, All these will I give to you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering unto him. Jesus was tempted just like Adam and Eve were tempted with food. In fact, this is kind of a parallel story, honestly. And he fasted from 40 days, like Moses did. And this is, this is done for two reasons. One, it is, it is done because Jesus was fulfilling the fact that he is a better covenant. So Adam and Eve sinned, they failed, 
Um, they could not abstain from food. Moses comes in, he fasts for 40 days and 40 nights in a wilderness, and he brings in this, this law, this covenant of the law. Jesus fasts for 40 days and 40 nights, and he ushers in a brand new, better covenant. He is that better covenant. So there is that theological symbolism for Jesus fasting, but also he is fasting to model fasting to, to us. He's fasting to give us the blueprint for how to defeat temptation control our body, and, and do um, live the life that the Holy Spirit intends for us to live. So that's the intro to fasting. We'll talk a little bit more about it here in just a minute in part two of this, and then we'll close up with, with the third part.